0: Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. Ya. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling?
1: Rolling great. Both of our marriages truly in jeopardy as we record the second of four episodes in one night.
0: Yeah, I, I hate that you always do that. Like, we, you we don't, record why? one episode a day and then we post it that day. It's September 4th, Nobody thinks that. 2022. But why? That you- would
1: actually be irresponsible. That would make us look worse if we did that. Like, we, we're like posting at 4 p.m. and. <laughs> And also, they'll notice when we're like, uh, we're talking about like Carson Wentz. And meanwhile, he like retires two weeks later. It's well, no, right. if something
0: happens, we got to go and, edit yeah, yeah. and redo it. So. Well, I don't want to do
1: that. I don't yeah. want to read. I don't want to re- <laughs>
0: All right. So, you know, uh, so yeah. w- w- with us back for the second year in a row is uh, ESPN's own Deontay Epps to talk about the Broncos. So, Deontay, welcome back to the podcast. And I'm going to start. This is a team that I think Akiva and I are actually too high on. We have the Broncos fourth in our power rankings. Um, I have them six. Akiva has them four, but overall uh, fourth. And, you know, obviously there's many reasons for optimism, but are they the fourth best team in the NFL?
2: Thank you guys for having me on. And I I should have prefaced before we started recording, like the bias that I'm about to show on Mm -hmm. this podcast. We've we've, we've had people predict (laughs) 16 and 0 before for the New York Giants. Oh, (laughs) no, man. Uh, Well, I think to, to be realistic, I think. Maybe it might be too high considering, like, we have a lot of new pieces. We have Russ coming in, um, new coach with Nathaniel Hackett. Um, I think four is kind of high. I would give us top ten, though. Um, yeah. well, can let I mean, say something, uh, me,
0: me Wait, hold on. Let me just um... – show you how stupid Akiva is because Akiva has the Broncos number four in his power rankings, but we also ranked the coaches one to 32 and Akiva thinks Nathaniel Hackett's one of the worst coaches in the NFL and the worst of all He's a rookie years.
1: coach. Eh? He's never coached you, a game. You it's ranked him
0: dead ranking. last among all the first year hires. You said he was mm-hmm. the worst coach of all
1: the first year hires. I It was the one I was he, least excited about. What do you he, think about Nathaniel Hackett?
2: Deontay? You know what, man? I, I didn't get to go back. I wanted to go back and listen to when I was on here last year, but everything that, Vic Vangio is. Mm-hmm. Nathaniel Hackett has shown me so far he's the exact opposite. What you need for this team? Yeah, <laughs> this is, well he's up there, but like offense. just the spark, like the the rah rah. I feel like this is something that we need, like a spark in this this team as a whole. Like not the dry monotone, you know, vibes that you get from Vangio. But I I think one thing that he's done well is just. Give like this energy. I know we've only had one preseason game, but I've seen like what this team has needed the past, what, five years or so since we we had that, that Super Bowl run was just a spark. Like we're going through quarterback change after quarterback change. It seems like we finally got that settled with Russ, but like I'm, I'm just happy it's anybody but Vangio at this point, man. So I, we'll see what he does when, when we get the ball rolling, but I'm, I'm excited for him. I'm excited. Has he
1: shown you anything so far? Like, in, even if it's just uh, interviews or anything that really – because, like, of the new coaches, you know, Mike McDaniel crushed the, you know, sort of the interview thing, and, uh, you know, Dabble has maybe the biggest track record. But is there something that he's shown you that either makes you excited or makes you nervous so far, Hackett?
2: Well, the, the excited part is just not – being the like I said like with Vangio just the monotone like dry like first of all even before that he's an offensive coach right and we're mm-hmm. in an offensive league right it's just like the Broncos have been stuck in this neutral position when it comes to the offensive side of the ball like we haven't had a quarterback decent since Manning I mean and even you know through the end of his career with the Broncos it wasn't the Manning that we all know but like offense is what this league is about. And especially in the AFC West, you have Herbert. Um, you've seen what he's done and what he'll probably continue to do in this division for 10 plus years. Of course, Patrick Mahomes and, you know, what he's done, like the Broncos have to keep up. Derek Carr and Devontae Adams now in the in the AFC West as well with the Raiders. So it's like, you have to be able to score points in this league, which we've seen and like, you got to get an offensive coach first and foremost. So um, I think I'm excited, one, that he's, an offensive coach coming from, you know, Green Bay and you've seen the success that Aaron Rodgers has had there to pair him up with somebody like Russ, who is looking to rejuvenate his career after, you know, what we saw in Seattle. Um, and he's
0: also, he's never had an offensive coach either, right? Like people have been saying, yeah. like Russ cook for a decade. Yeah. He's going to cook this year. Yeah.
2: And, and you know, like I was just reading up more on some, some stuff before we hopped in here. Like like you mentioned, he hadn't had an offensive coach. Plus, he hadn't even had like a coach to be able to have the input as a quarterback. As you know, you see like these a lot of star quarterbacks like to have an input on the offense. It's just been like dry as far as his time in Seattle. Uh, I think Devil was or uh, what was his Devil. Name? Yeah, yeah, Devil, ne- yeah, yeah. Like when they made that last Super Bowl run, but it, you know it was offensive. Uh, scheme around Marshawn Lynch and running the football. So um, I think we'll see Russ throw the ball a little, a little bit more with Denver, with the weapons that he's never had these weapons, you know, at his disposal. I mean, you had DJ Metcalf, of course, and then Tyler Lockett, but outside of that, in his career, he hasn't had a plethora of these weapons that we have here now. And so um, I don't think you'll see like a 35 to 40 throw, like uh, throwing attempts per de- game for Russ. But hmm. I think, you know, kind of having that mix of letting Russ do what he does, you know, but at the same time, having that balance is key to to success for us this year.
1: You know, it's a good point also is that Carroll was already such an established coach from USC and from the Hasselbeck years that when Russ comes in, like he was, and, and Russ obviously wasn't, he wasn't the number one pick overall. Like he was, you know, had to earn his spot for a while. So he never really had a position of power. Now he's coming yeah. in as a superstar quarterback to, to a coach who's only eight years older than him and is, and is a rookie coach. I think that the dynamic is like, I, you know, we don't know yet, uh, you know, how much impact he's going to have on the play calling, but you'd almost have to assume it's going to be much more than in Seattle, which is, which is a good point, which is interesting.
0: Right. Well, I mean, Akiva, you want to know why I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a Denver fan, obviously, uh, but even just as a Russ fan, like, why I'm high on Hackett and high on the Russ Hackett combo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is the quote that, you know, gets me, uh, let's say, stimulated. Uh, we want to build this thing completely around him and make sure that he's comfortable and watch him come alive. That's what mm-hmm. Hackett said. So, uh, in other words, hashtag why wouldn't NFL you? Score. I mean, you're right.
1: he's the franchise right now. That would well, be why crazy wouldn't you? To. Because
0: Seattle didn't for 12 years. But it,
1: yeah. I mean, they were stubborn, they were stuck in their yeah. old ways from, you know, for the last million really years. Stupid. And that's why Skip Town.
2: All right. Uh, I want to play a little the, game with you
0: guys. Spot. I'm going to put you on the spot. I did not warn you. But, um, you know, Deontay, you were mentioning sort of the, the string of failed quarterbacks since uh, oh. Peyton Manning retired. So we're going to go back and forth. Uh, I'll let you go first. You're the guest name me a pack, a Broncos starting quarterback since, uh, since the Super Bowl.
2: Um, Drew Locke, let's go with last year. Let's go Drew
1: Locke. All right, Keith. This should be fun. Um, I'm excited. Since, so since the Super Bowl, Okay. Yeah. Since Peyton well, Manning he's retired. A, I mean, he's a Broncos fan he's going to win, but, um, should. I may not, man. <laughs> It's, it's honestly, an ugly list. people think like when people are listening, okay, it's not very... buying time to Google. Give I'm just name. letting people know it's very easy. But when you are on the podcast like your brain becomes, you know, when you're like you're trying to play this no, game. This is not like easy. This is a Jeopardy. list of like scrubs of scrubs. Brett Ripon destroyed the Jets two
2: years ago. I'll give, okay.
0: him, I'll give him that. Deontay.
2: Is it my turn? OK, yeah, uh, let's go Teddy Bridgewater.
1: OK. <sighs> Who else did they have that year? Uh, Osweiler Brock Osweiler. Yep, there you go.
2: Um, dang, that was my pick. Uh, oh, shoot, who I thought this guy was the savior. Uh, freaking Paxton Lynch, man. Yep, (laughs) Paxton Lynch. Like,
1: I don't even know if he's in like, is he playing football anywhere? You know, I don't (laughs) even know if he's in like the the XFL,
2: USFL, or something. Was he? Oh, yeah, he is. You're
1: right, he is in the USFL. Probably not even good there. Uh, no, five touchdowns, four interceptions. um four career touchdown passages uh i don't know alex Uh, it's ridiculous
0: all right you got any more for us deontay yes
2: uh because i went to a game in denver was it two years ago uh freaking joe flacco joe flacco oh that's a good point what yeah that's my quarterback yeah oh oh, yeah he's playing week week one for us
1: go joe go
0: here's some more names you guys trevor simeon
1: Yes, yeah, I oh, yeah.
0: Case Keenum, who they brought in after, you know, he was good for the Vikings. Uh, Brandon Allen, mm-hmm. Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. And then oh. the guy that technically doesn't count because Kendall Hinton. Did oh, that's start, right. He did not he didn't start, start the that game. game. Phillip oh. Lindsay started under center the COVID
1: in the wildcat. Game crazy running back philip Lindsley. that would have been a fun if you had come up if you had said Phillip i was Linsley. so pissed at
2: that game because they that was all like when they were making up the covid rules as they mm-hmm. went along and yep. they didn't i can't remember exactly what happened but they wouldn't let us get like a few extra days for uh drew lock to come honestly back.
1: that whole season should have an asterisk yeah. it's just so if you think <laughs> about it i teams just not have a quarterback room it was nuts it was wild yeah they got um good. Can I tell you my one fear? Um, not not to like uh, scare you or uh, about Hackett, Deontay, but we we talked a lot in the last year about like these nepotism coaches and they talk about in the league also that it's like so easy if you have the same last name, if your last name is Lombardi, even if you're like you're not related, you know, you get a gig and uh, and versus letting some new faces in. And, tree. <laughs> and so Hackett's father, it was like a, you know, like a long time. He was a, a horrible offensive coordinator for the Jets. He was a horrible coach at USC in a pit. Um, so like, of course, this is his son. Like, yeah. it, is, it is really crazy that if you go on every, you know, you go on the Wikipedia pages of, of every like OC in the league and half of their dads were like, oh, yeah, yeah. He coached at, uh, you know, Texas Tech for five years. It is it is wild. So that's one thing that makes me a little nervous. Like, is this guy? A little bit of a legacy who got who got in the door not because he's someone who grinds twenty hours a day and is a genius, but because his father knew you know had an old friend and and did a favor, and obviously he works his way up. Uh, and you know Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers talks to you uh yeah. and i think he rogers is pro Hackett, right right if i'm not mistaken rogers likes Hackett, right yeah he did yeah and i so, know i mean that's a big of stamp of approval because pro- rogers doesn't like his own parents the you broncos
0: know? were trying to get aaron rogers in the off season before he decided to go back to green yeah so i, I yeah. that
1: is a stamp of approval and i'm sure he's fine but it always gives me a little bit of pause when when it's you know no, someone that, who's clearly that's, that's
2: understandable like i was listening to a bomani jones episode of his podcast the right time like a few months ago in one of his podcast episodes about this exact thing like when you think about like the Sean McVay you know coaching tree and all the coaches who were part of his staff and like all right is he just getting this job because he was a part of this tree like mm-hmm. half the time yes that's why you know and so it's something that's definitely uh, been like in my mind as far as hack it goes but
0: I it's mean, also a major function of the lack of diversity because yeah. you know, yes, when it's everybody's dads and uncles. and um let's
1: talk well, about by the, by the way, the one thing just like it's sort of unrelated, but it, because you're right. it's either you know, there's only so many people who have dads in the league, but then it's like, oh, if yeah you know, I was a roommate with McVeigh, whatever when we were, you know, the guys grinding video for the Rams or the Washington football team in two thousand, whatever. There is a a little bit of that. The thing we like the most with uh, new coaches, you remember when uh, Mike Munchak got the the Tennessee job, Alex? Yeah. And, like, they were bragging about how he had, like, he didn't know who his coordinators would be because he had no friends in the whole league. And we were like, that's a huge red flag. He's been in the NFL for 40 years. (laughs) He played in the NFL. Like, he doesn't have one friend. Like, he should not hire this guy. And, obviously, it was a disaster. And, you know, Rabel came after and, like, you know, did much better. But, uh, anyway, that's an aside.
0: What about, um, you know, we've talked about the new coach, the new quarterback, you also have a new owner. Do you have any takes on the ownership yet or not? Are you not, not yet?
2: Oh man. So I'm glad that it's over with, uh, that's something that's been looming over the team for, I'd say like two or three years ever since, well, probably longer than that since Pat Bowling had, you know, wasn't in his right mind towards the end of his life. But I think it, For it to be resolved is one thing that kind of gives the franchise a direction and kind of stable, you know, in the, in the, the front office aspect, I think that kind of trickled down to the team the last few years is like, okay, who is in charge? Who's running the show here? It's like a top down kind of thing that you see at like your regular old company, like if things are still in flux up top that, that tends to trickle down to, you know, the people putting in the work each and every day. And so, uh, I'm not familiar with, the. I mean, I know it's the Walton group, uh, but there's so many other like names that are, you know, part of this ownership group. I think Hamilton or Lewis Hamilton is a part of it. Uh, Condoleezza Rice. like It's a but bunch Alex, of names. You have,
1: you know, uh, Alex has a little bit of, uh, maybe not inside to this specific thing, but when, but having worked with ownership groups for like, do you think when they give celebrities are they what do you think they're putting down are they putting down a million dollars they're putting down 10 million dollars Well, the, the nfl has a
0: rule the, you you can't do what the nba did with jay-z where he had like one third of one percent of the nets mm-hmm. so the, the nfl has What's the mini- rule yeah um so yeah i mean that's Wal- a lot of money any even
1: one yes. percent is an astronomical amount of money when they're buying it for four billion
0: yeah there's caps on the number of owners you can have in the end of the, and that, the minimum yeah. percentage
1: because they, they, they don't want that they well, don't want like a wild ownership. now but he is a he is one of the wealthier owners deontay alex right uh what do you do you think there is a, a an advantage um we've had a couple of really rich owners obviously Stan cranky has a lot of money uh David you said Carolina. he's wealthy
0: but akiva i have terrible news for you uh yeah. because of the decline in walmart's share price this year yeah. he was oh, he lost, out of money
1: he has is lost he have...
0: 27 billion dollars this
1: year oh my well does so he want to he... need a loan <laughs> does he want to sort of patreon like we did
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it's not. It's it's. Uh, you're you know you're a man of the people when you have a, a car collection section on your Wikipedia page. He has hey, his car Lano. collection is valued in excess of three hundred million
1: dollars. You might have to sell it if Walmart yeah. keeps slipping. he might have to sell yeah, it. I,
0: I think uh, if you're losing, but it is fun as a Mets fan. If you're and losing twenty seven billion, imagine how much you have to start. Yeah.
1: If, I, listen, as a Mets fan, obviously baseball has no cap or or not really a cap, so it's different. It is fun to have a very rich owner. Like it, 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 it makes a good. So hopefully, so when for the you see what's
2: going on with cracking in the rams like yeah. what they're doing over there is like mm-hmm. every player they sign is like okay how are they being able to afford this guy well guys, and, and, and the 6 billion dollar
1: stadium i think also yeah. Yeah. probably nicest but facilities and things pocket. like that there's you know and and there's no coach on, uh, there's no cap on coaches if if there's a, you know if i was a uh, an owner who had more money than the other owners i just offer mcveigh you know 40 million a year to come to my every owner would never speak to me again yeah but, that's the
0: thing you, you, these 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 owners they are their number one loyalty is to the other 31? Yes, yeah, the league, the sheep. So, yeah. But by the way, you know the wildest thing do. about Rob Walton's Wikipedia page? Hmm. Uh, here's his list of spouses. Okay. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I don't have a list. I just have one. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't have a list. Yeah. His first wife, you know what it says? Uh, what? First wife.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just first wife. Oh, yeah. Because he maybe wasn't a public figure then. I don't know. Then
0: it says Carolyn Funk, then Melanie. So his, his first wife's name is first wife, which is very strange. <laughs> well, he probably he's probably a private guy, sure. But I mean that's kind of a weird. Well, how many wives does he have? Well, well, he's had three total. But, is he uh, married now? Yes, to Melanie Loman Walton. Okay, this is he found yeah. the one. Listen, the um the immediate previous prime minister of England. Nobody knows how many kids he has, which is even more wild.
1: That is. That is so, it. Oh, well, now we're so off the reservation. Okay, all have, let's have- come back. All <laughs> right,
0: so, so I mean, I think the obvious narrative for the Broncos is you know you go back a decade, the t- the twenty eleven Broncos go five hundred with Tim Tebow quarterback. The next year, they bring in the future Hall of Famer. They immediately go 13 and three.
2: What a time. The
0: 2021 Broncos went 500 with Teddy B last year. Um, The first target, as they said, Aaron Rodgers, once he resigned in Green Bay, they immediately acquired Russell Wilson. And so I think Russell Wilson over Teddy B, let's say that's worth two wins. Uh, and then, um, and then you replace Vic, Vic Fangio with, with, with uh, any non Fangio coach that's worth another two wins. All of a sudden, you know, you, you have the Broncos winning, you know, 11, 12, 13 games. There's a reason I think that Russell Wilson has taken more MVP bets than any player in the league so far this year.
2: Yeah, that, I mean,
0: like from a narrative perspective, yeah. right. He He's never got an MVP vote as they say every fall. He's never really been unleashed. He's never had the offensive coach. He joins a new team. He's got Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. The narrative is set that if he comes in, and if they can surpass the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Raiders and go, you know, worse to first in the division, um, you know, I, I, th- I think there's an understanding there. My question is, Sutton and Judy, both solid wide receivers – who else is he throwing to Tim Patrick, another very good wide receiver already out for the season. Noah oh. fan uh, went to Seattle in the Wilson trade. So like, mm-hmm. w- where's the depth of pass catcher behind uh, Sutton and Judy for,
2: for me, like, and I'm not really a big fantasy guy, uh, but guy like Albert O who's coming in, like he was our number two tight end last year when Noah fan leaving, like. Russ is kind of known for like liking to target his tight ends a lot. So I believe uh, Albert Ow will step up into that role. K.J. Hamler coming off of uh, you know an injury last season, I'd be kind of skeptical to trust him. But I think uh, the biggest win is just trying to stay healthy. Like, I mean, for any team, obviously. But we already lost Tim Patrick, who was, you know, Russ's favorite target during training camp uh, through reports and stuff like that. But, I mean – He, this is like the team, or this is the core of players that you know he hasn't had, like top to bottom on the on the depth chart uh, for weapons. But I think coming out of the backfield, having Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, if he can hold on to the rock (laughs) consistently, are great weapons to come out of the backfield for us. Uh, I mean, the pieces are there to kind of set the tone for for this season for us and for us, and I think just being consistent on that side of the ball, as far as not being too, um, when I say balanced, like being more balanced, like trusting in Javante Williams, he came on strong last season as a rookie. So, uh, having that balance and getting those uh, passes out in an evening's fashion, I think Russ would be fine.
0: Let's shift to the defense for a second. Um, this defense was top eight in both yards and points allowed last year. But um, in DVOA, they were 20th. They were actually a bad defense. And the explanation Uh-oh. is essentially they benefited from a very soft schedule. Like this team just completely shut down and beat the crap out of bad teams. They destroyed bad teams and then really struggled um, against good teams. This year's schedule, obviously anything but soft, just a brutal schedule, brutal yep. division. So, uh, like, are you concerned about this defense? Or do you have confidence in this
2: defense? I, I, I'm concerned. And I last year... Like our defense, third, I think we give up like 19 points per game, which is kind of misleading because we're worse on third down. Like we couldn't get off the field, couldn't get takeaways. And when you have a defense that's playing like that with an offense that can't score, you're on the field almost the entire game or what it feels like. So the defense is on the field a lot. I think that part will help in, you know, having those guys on the offensive side of the ball that we just mentioned. Um, having a new defensive coordinator coming over from the Rams, uh, kind of keeping that same scheme that Vangio had, but being a little bit more aggressive should help. We got to lean on the secondary and and hope that Chubb can go back to the Chubb we know from his early years with the team. He battled injuries all last year. Um, so we need him to bounce back in a, in a big way, along with getting Randy Gregory, who is the, coming off of uh, – I think it's a torn – he had a torn rotator cuff that he had surgery on this year. So, uh, we're going to need those guys to to step it up. But what's always concerned me with with Denver is the linebacking course, specifically inside. We got mm-hmm. Josie Jewell coming back. But, I mean, we lost, I think, in the first game against Cowboys on Saturday, we lost Jones Griffith. He dislocated his elbow. He was slated to start as well on the inside in that 3-4 scheme. So I've been pushing I don't know how many how much assets we have to get him, but with rokon Smith, the manager, I would love mm-hmm. to see us try to make a move for him.
1: What would you give up for rokon Smith? Oh because he's uh, not uh, you yeah, know, it, it's, it, it's it hard to value those cheap. guys, right? Yeah, he's it would not, not a, be cheap, uh, but he's also not like an elite pass rusher, so it's hard I don't know how you value him you know he obviously is yeah. a great player,
2: yeah I, also, I, yeah, I would just say I don't know like if we want to keep. The guys we like, the big big game players until we got intact, that's going to be tough. But I will say the defensive line, we got, I think, D.J. Jones from the Niners who played tremendous on that defense should help out that linebacking core and secondary. Uh, with uh, Patrick Sertan, probably blossoming to a pro bowler this year. Of course, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson in the back end there. But yeah, if we can get that linebacking core kind of Shown up a little bit especially with the depth that we have there is not very great I think we'll be okay just I'm mean, that's what I'm nervous about the most the linebacker core and the, at least on the inside
1: you want to do something funny Deontay what's up we, we've done like 20 something of these already and so many teams say that they're concerned about their linebackers I think we've sort of made this backwards discovery which is like the linebackers and it is true like remember when we were like Younger and there was Erlacher and yeah. uh, you know, I'm old enough to remember Lawrence Taylor and like superstar linebackers. There aren't really, they Do there a aren't a lot me, of superstar man. linebackers. The, the star defenders now are, you know, you have a couple of the Jalen Ramsey shutdown quarters, but it's really all the Watts and the Boses and and people like that. The the guy, the pass rushers. And there aren't a lot of great linebackers. So even though you think uh, and maybe you're right, like that we don't have good linebackers. Every single fan comes on and says our linebackers suck. It's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, man, it's I yeah, I was watching the game on Saturday and, you know, crossing my fingers like I think I had tweeted something like, man, I just want no injuries. And then the second mm-hmm. play of the game, Jonas Griffith goes down. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's one of the hard parts about watching those games. I, I, mean, I our quarterback
1: went movie. down. Yeah, uh, you, I mean, uh, I remember from watching all the Oklahoma games last year, Nick Benito is a good player. I don't know if he's yes. shown anything so far, but
2: I, I haven't really got a chance to watch him uh, in the in the game Saturday, nor like kind of see like practice stuff about him but hope. i mean he literally might have to start this year starting off the top so it's
1: mm-hmm. yeah, second round pick i think uh that's not not so bad so what's the strength of the defense
2: i'd say the secondary um mm-hmm. justin simmons uh patrick Sertan, obviously blossoming to what looks like to be a shutdown corner in this league um on the back end on the other side opposite uh, Satan is probably going to be Ronald Darby, which mm-hmm. I did say that's the strength, the secondary, but he would be the weak link, weak link in my opinion. He hadn't mm-hmm. had a pick in like, I was reading, like, in like 30 games, not not one interception. So he's also bounced around. He's, bounced around, he's r- bounced around the around a lot, battling yeah. injuries and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the interior D line, I'd say. We lost uh Shelby Harris in the trade with uh for Russell Wilson, but um we got DJ Jones coming from the Niners, big run stuffer, got Draymond Jones coming back uh for us as well. So I think especially with we we're not good at <laughs> stopping the run last year. So having him on the inside of that tandem hopefully can uh can shore up some of those issues we had last season.
1: Alex, you want to get somebody sacks Bradley Chubb, uh who was in the Pro Bowl in 2020 had last year? too. Bradley nah, Chubb. I
2: don't think he had, he had zero. Yeah. He had
1: zero sacks. Seven games. He got hurt, but are you like you know he was uh, he you know he was one of the top rookies in the league. He had twelve sacks as rookie year. Yeah. Then gets hurt in twenty nineteen. Then comes back and has a great year twenty twenty. So is this like an odds even year or, or are you concerned about about Chubb in his fifth season?
2: Yeah, I like I think he really benefited and like any pass rusher, you know, benefiting from having somebody like Von Miller on the other side, right? Like teams, you know, on the scouting report you see Von Miller coming off the edge, that's your main priority. And Chubb was able to take advantage of that. And, you know, last season we traded away Von Miller, he goes on to win the Super Bowl, and, you know, Bradley Chubb fighting those injuries, trying to be that guy, you know, fill in for Von Miller. It's kind of some pressure for him and battling injuries and trying to bounce back and be that guy kind of, I think it kind of took a toll on him. And so bringing in somebody like Randy Gregory, fingers crossed, hopefully he can, be healthy and be consistent and be dominant on that end can only help out Bradley Chubb on the other end so hopefully and I think that entire division you know has some bookends right you got the Chargers with <laughs> Joey Bosa, Bosa and uh, Khalil Mack uh, the Raiders who did the Raiders get
1: uh, Devontae Adams well uh, Devontae Adams, Adams. You, on you know what you know. he's talking talk about Passer oh, sorry. are you sorry, even sorry, listening sorry. at all <laughs> I am listening. I, I am Crosby listening.
0: Chandler Jones. Wait, but yeah, I have Chandler a question. Jones. I have a I have yeah. a question, Deonde.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, bro. The it's you know what's funny? Because I, I think well, Alex, uh, we I, we might not have time to play the schedule game, but I do want to ask uh talk about their over under and their schedule. We we have them at we have the Broncos at four overall, but we already recorded the Raiders. We have Raiders them tied podcast. with the
0: Chiefs, though. But yeah, we have, tied yeah. With tied
1: with the Chiefs. The other thing we 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 recorded the Raiders episode, and the Raiders fan said. Oh yeah, the Broncos are clearly the worst team in the division. So there's an oh. argument they're the fourth best team in the AFC West. I've heard I've funny. heard other people
0: say that.
2: I got a, a from what I've seen and heard, I I've seen us pegged at 3. I have not seen 4. So that hurts me to hear. I mean, listen, any of these
1: teams could finish first, I think, and any could and make, we all the maybe division. the Raiders and any <laughs> could finish last. Yeah. It's a great division. I don't ever remember a division this good. So it's not a knock against the Broncos. It's just funny we have them four overall and there's a non-zero chance they could end up being um they could end up being uh um
0: now they uh, do have a brutal players. schedule but they do get the benefit of having been last place last year so they get to play the other last place you know you get to play like the, the jets and 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 the um and who's the other um who's the other last place team I'm forgetting
1: houston i think the Je- no, jaguar
0: jaguars jaguars finished below houston right even with yeah the but big- they play play the division anyway oh, so they, yeah so, that, so then it'd be the um baltimore, baltimore <laughs> which, or, okay, isn't so easy. which is not great yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah, I mean, it is interesting because yeah, ever since Von Miller left, you know, the, the the pass rush has been kind of middle of the road. And we talked yeah. about, you know, they added Randy Gregory to a big deal, Nick Benito. So yeah. so ho- hopefully they'll, uh, they'll improve there.
2: And get takeaways, man. It's just like takeaways and third downs killed us. Like I just remember watching game after game and third down after third down. And, you know, you get to the point as a fan, you're like, you know, they're going to convert this. We're not getting up. Like you just know every third down. We're not getting off the field. And, you know, that tires the defense, you know, after a while, if you can't get off the field and then your offense is inept and literally going three and out, like, for seven straight drives, right? So it's something that, like, it's got to improve on the defensive end because you have a better offense. The offense is going to stay on the field longer, which means your defense is going to get the rest they need. They're going to be able to, you know, not be drained by third, fourth quarter. So I think it should help both ways.
1: Um, we're not going to go through the schedule game by game like we do sometimes, Anthony. Yeah, but
0: it's the nuts. first five of their games, their their first eight games, I think, are on national.
1: Too. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you don't need, uh, you know, uh, uh, Sunday. So, t- you don't I need was, Sunday ticket to watch these games. I was going to say
2: I was so excited to to predict seventeen and zero
1: for us. It's also. Um... <laughs> It's also, you know, you're at ESPN now. You there'll be a lot of uh a lot of ESPN games this year including the first one. Do you think because they start at Seattle in the, in the Russell Wilson return game, which to me is a little too on the nose. I think it's too soon. It's crazy, but that seems to be what the league oh, has been done.
2: Let me tell you all a real quick story, right? So mm-hmm. I tweeted um back in the end of last year when there was all this talk about Russ leaving uh The Seattle Seahawks and you know all this like weird trade talk rumors all that stuff I kept quote tweeting these different reporters and I'll send y'all the the link later but I like everything that mentioned Russ leaving Seattle and I would quote to you and say say it with me again Denver Broncos quarterback Russell was like I was (laughs) always mess with other people and say like I will this I will Russell coming Mm -hmm. here like a each I'm going to put it in the chat real quick so y'all can see how crazy I went last year with this. <laughs> I just, I just put it in the chat, but I willed Russell Wilson coming and then they, re- they released like the our Broncos opponents for your uh, 2022 and it had Seattle on there, and then I quote tweeted and said, Russell Wilson will face off and get this former squad. The Broncos travel to Seattle next season, and they like this is before we even got him. Like, so I always make it, yeah, this is pretty them.
0: good. This is like January 9th <laughs> of last year, That's yeah. amazing. But
2: like, look at
1: all these just- <laughs> There's one problem you cannot lose this game. This is like the number one I must do. win game of all
2: time, now. dude. I, I'd be so pissed, and like I saw a tweet about how well Drew Locke played like in their the seattle preseason game i'm like mm-hmm. yeah he, he has would COVID start now, to... but yeah oh does he oh yeah Well, I, I not like... when
1: we're recording this hopefully he's recovered i take it back
2: he still has or like he would start going off as soon as we you know start started uh, or as soon as we got rid of him but i remember last year when i recorded with you keeve like that was my main thing i think we talked about Julak. If Drew Locke doesn't win the quarterback battle, it's going to be a bad year. And, you know, he lost it to Teddy Bridgewater. So mm-hmm. it ended just that way. So, yeah, man. But we got to win that first game. Yeah, Little because Jaguars. I
1: think the Seattle-Houston, you almost have to start 2-0 and because you're never going to get those games back in terms of the schedule because... Yeah, of...
2: this this schedule is brutal, man. Yeah. So, Six games the against league. the
1: division. Th- uh, the, yep. the Jaguars in London. <laughs>